Shall we discuss whether or not we're going to do another James Patterson? Patterson. Because there is that Christmas one. Is it out already? This year, while we're enjoying the warmth of Christmas, the Women's Murder Club will be out in the cold chasing killers. About a women's crime club. The Women's Murder Club is back. Read 19th Christmas. Should we actually read it? Well, I've come up with an ingenious idea that I'm going to call James Patterson Bingo. Merry 19th Christmas, ladies. I'm pretty sure I came up with that idea. Here we are again. Here we are again, back with um, James Patterson Bingo. Um, Now, we forgot to actually recap last time what we'd already covered. Well, I just thought you might like to hear how it's sounding so far. Okay, let's have a let's have a hear. Um, so we are writing our own one sentence summaries of each chapter as we go along. Yep. These are them in um, uh, chronological order, not the order we did them. So okay. let's see what sense of a story you get from this, <laughs> and maybe it will inform us how to do our chapter summaries from now on. Okay. Charles Clapper gets a clue. <laughs> Zach Jordan lost in prison. The lemon walks. That's just how it is. TIA and grandma boxing ruin Christmas. And finally, on Christmas Day in the morning, Julian Lambert has wanked himself to death. But who's that on the phone, Linz? You know what? Pretty good. Do you recall quite a lot from that? I recall more than nothing, which is more than I expected. Cool. Well, um, can I invite you to do the honours on spinning the um, random number generator? I have the numbers we can't have. Okay. (laughs) The forbidden numbers. The forbidden numbers. Sure. Um, and we will just jump straight into this uh, epic... Pulse-pounding, thrill-a-minute... odyssey. Okay, so what numbers aren't we allowed? So we're not allowed um, 18, 29, 52, 61, 67, and 98. And we're between 1 and... 1 and 100. 82. 82, that's fine. Oh, God. That's, is that eight. as close to the end as we've got? Because 98 was just the author's note, yeah. so uh, yes, it is. Are you ready? I've never been more ready. Chapter 82. I stared at the photo on Jacoby's phone. (laughs) Nice. The picture was low res, as if it had been taken from security cam footage shot at the end of the day. Right at the end of the day? Does Does the quality change? Does it get lower quality (laughs) as the day goes on? I could see the light from the storefront reflecting off the man's scalp. That sounds very high quality. Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't be able to see reflected light on a low quality. A scalp this, reflection is, that's HD. This furthers my theory, this entire thing is written by algorithm. Yeah. I noted his double chin, his paunch, his unremarkable clothes. I'm sorry, if the double chin is picking up, it's the not ch- that low, it's not low quality CCTV footage. Also, all, all right, Harper's Bazaar, having <laughs> real fashion opinions. William Lomachenko could be invisible in plain sight. Okay, so he's so boring and... So 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 boring and badly dressed that nobody would ever look at him. But I'm sorry, he's got a reflective scalp and a double <laughs> chin. He's not that invisible. His, his, his scalp is like a furnace, a beacon. This is Loman. Oh, Lomachenko. Oh, okay, okay. So I've been told, said Jacoby. It was a huge breakthrough. We had a name and a photo ID, and with and that, we'd learn more. I passed the phone to Conklin and asked Jacoby... What do we know about Mr. Lomachenko? He lives on Avila Street. Uh, that's Avila Street, I think. Okay. Been in the same house for 20 years. Jesus. Jesus. No wonder he's got a bit of a paunch. He's not left the house for 20 years. He's self-employed. Buys, I mean, that's another reason why he's invisible. 
<laughs> He's self-employed, buys gold chains from overseas and sells them locally. His wife, Imogene, does the books. <laughs> We'd, we have her in custody as a material witness. Conklin said, no kidding. Jacoby smiled. Chi and McNeil are questioning, uh, questioning her, making sure she doesn't give Willie a heads up. She says that we've got the wrong man. Doesn't give Willie a doesn't heads up. Doesn't give Willie a heads up. Nice one, James. Conklin said, any chance she mentioned where we could find her husband right now? Imogene told Chi and Cappy that the mister is out there, out doing last minute errands. He's planning a... Su- oh, God. Imogene told Chi and Cappy that the mister is out doing last minute errands. The mister. He's planning a surprise for her birthday. How does she know that? Yeah, it is a surprise. Not a very good fucking surprise from the invisible man, is it? <laughs> I stared through the windshield, hoping, hoping to see an ordinary looking white man in his late 40s or early 50s. Aren't we all? Because that's my type. <laughs> Approximately five foot eight, 180 Ooh. pounds, balding Ooh. with a pot belly. The kind of man who looked like no- nothing like anyone's idea of a criminal mastermind. Nothing, nothing gets me hotter than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, 180 pounds is what really <sighs> does it for me. 180 pounds of love. Jacoby, Jacoby said, uh, the FBI has people inside the Lomachenko house in case he comes home. Not hiding. <laughs> <laughs> There's one in this pants drawer. If he calls his wife, we'll trace the call. Uh, my old partner looked good for someone who'd been on watch inside a surveillance van for about 16 hours without sleep. I that's, asked him, that's, that's, that's my aesthetic. That's the look I tried to go for. He, he must look quite a lot like Lomachenko, similar sort of <laughs> lifestyles. <laughs> I asked him if there had been any disturbances or if anything on this large campus seemed like a possible target for a heist. Ooh. It's busy, he said. The CEO told me that Blackstar, which if you remember is the VR place. Yes. Okay, it was all coming we're together. remembering stuff. The Blackstar was officially closed until New Year's. Maybe it meant closed for business because it looks like Christmas isn't a holiday for Black Star employees. We watched people walking between the buildings, most of them millennials in tight jeans and pullovers or satin. Here we go! Or satin Black Star baseball jackets. Oh, I love James Patterson's takes on the millennials. <laughs> you hate them, don't you? You hate the young. I hate the young too. It's, as soon as you call them millennials, it just it makes it. You big boomer. Really, really stick out, yeah. I also saw several older professorial types. Ah, older means smarter. Yeah, well, they're very professorial. Um, I thought it said professional. I, w- I wished it did. That would be so catty. I noticed ordinary unmarked cars like ours outside the lot, um, as well as dozens of cars with Black Star parking stickers. Surely an ordinary unmarked car is just a car. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but it's ordinary and unmarked. It's a bit like the, um, his great description, descriptions of like medium-sized grey buildings. <laughs> I saw an undercover cop I knew standing by the waterfall. Two others smoking cigarettes and Hiya. strolling. How are you doing? <laughs> See you back at the police station later. <laughs> strolling as they worked their phones. Well, they worked them? I think they were like hand-operated. You know, like a little <laughs> wheel on the side. <laughs> What's the plan, Chief? Conklin asked Jacoby. Special response teams have warrants, risk warrants to seize weapons, and the feds will have a search warrant for electronics, computers, and like that. And like that. And like that, said Jacoby. Just like that. Literally, it says, and the feds will have a search warrant for electronics, computers, and like that. That's not not a good grammar. (laughs) Said Jacoby. Couldn't be more than a few hundred thousand computers in this place. After they lock all of these buildings down, the three of us and everyone else Brady will, can get will go in looking for Mr. Lomachenko. One computer at a time. Just waiting now for the word go. Conklin swept his gaze across the huge campus, the half a dozen buildings and the expansive greens between and surrounding them. Some trees scattered around as well. 
Some trees. <laughs> <laughs> Some description. He sighed. A lot of ground to cover. A lot of trees to look at. A lot of at. trees to look at. As well. well, only some. <laughs> I agreed. I'm getting out, I said, opening the car door. I'm, I'm leaving the car. <coughs> I'm closing the car door. <laughs> I'm leaving the ordinary unmarked car. I need some air. I need some ordinary unmarked Human air. Human beings breathe oxygen to live. I've got to make a quick call to Joe. Jacoby held the door for me, and I just got in my feet on the ground when a shot cracked across the campus. <laughs> that was good. Around us, some people stopped to listen. Some dropped to the ground, and others dashed toward doorways. I saw no gunman, no sign of the shooter. I got out of my crouch behind the car door and went to help Jacoby to his feet. That's when I saw that his face was grey and that he was clutching his thigh. I'm hit, he said. Don't worry. And then his eyes rolled back and he passed out. We've got to... Something's happened. It always He always waits to the fucking end of the chapter to make anything happen. Yeah. Only a James Patterson character would say, I'm hit, don't worry. Immediately. I'm hit, up. don't worry. Okay, so this was 82. I mean, that, this is one of the simplest ones we've done yet, I think. It's, pr- well, it's, it's the second chapter we've had that's taken place entirely in a surveillance car. That's true. Um, and it was pretty similar to that one. Yeah. How can we, <laughs> Apart from someone got shot at the end. How can we boil this down to what the real essence of this chapter is? I think we need to make, we need to make reference to the fact that for middle-aged, paunchy, bald men are my type. Yeah. Maybe just that. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Please don't mind my leg wound. Oh, my leg. <laughs> oh, my leg. <laughs> yeah, okay. Done. Done. Do you want to spin the um, the old number the thing wheel. again? I wonder if we'll ever get ones, if we're ever going to roll two in a row and we'll actually get a, a real book experience. That's part of the thrill that this game... Uh, Ooh, lucky number 13. Lucky number 13, okay. It's the first. It's the first chapter of another part. I think okay. it's part two. So I bet you something catastrophic happened in the last bit. Well, I mean, it's catastrophic in the sense that yet another character I don't think we've heard of. Okay. Chapter thirteen. Cindy Thomas was in her office at the Chronicle. Oh, nice. Laptop open and coffee cooling as she dug into the assignment that had just arrived in her inbox. <laughs> Why does that sound filthy? Yeah, it's the dog. The dog. The paper's publisher and editor-in-chief, Henry Tyler, had asked her to do a piece for the living section about how undocumented immigrants in San Francisco celebrated the Christmas holidays. Are we going to get some Patterson opinions on immigration in this one? Uh, I was thinking we're just getting the Patterson opinion on um, Cindy Thomas, female reporter, put her in the living section. <laughs> that's, what, that's what ladies know. What did, what did your family do for Christmas? Yeah, put you in the, the home section, home and garden. For oh, fuck's sake. Undocumented immigrants were, tangen- uh, were tangential to her usual crime beat, but Cindy was charged up by the story idea. For once, she wouldn't be reporting on bombings or mass murderers or parents oh. who'd locked their babies in hot cars. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed at that. <laughs> but I was wrong. Sorry. Com- I take it entirely back. She's not usually wrong. on the living section. She's on the dying section. <laughs> Cindy created a new folder and shut out the sounds around her. The coffee cart lady's bell, her co-workers laughing and chatting as they passed her office. And the, the sound traffic... of a baby locked in a hot car. <laughs> the sound of a baby expiring in a hot car. The traffic noise coming from the street below. She would begin her research with the Christmas traditions of people from Mexico and Central America, focusing on the central question, was it possible to keep a cultural tradition alive when you were living under a shadow? Sometimes that shadow was decades long. 
Cindy began reading about La Posadas, the inns, the nine-day Mexican Christmas tradition celebrating Mary and Joseph's journey to find a safe place to stay while awaiting the birth of their child. That is the Christmas story. That it is. How had she never heard of this festival? It sounded so joyful. It started every year on December the 16th with a costume parade down a main street, after which families, friends and neighbours would take turns acting as innkeepers, one home hosting a posada each night through December 24th. James Patterson gives us a cultural history of Mexican Christmas traditions. Can I just say, he doesn't say 24th of December, he doesn't say Christmas Eve, he says December 2-4. Number 2, number 4. He's just copy-pasted He's this just from a Wikipedia lazy. article. Yeah. As tradition had it, once the crowd had gathered inside a home, there were oh prayers and a Bible reading before the good times rolled. <laughs> <laughs> like that stone rolled out in front of Jesus' cave. The hot, uh, Cindy found photos of the piñatas, the hot drinks and yummy food. Yummy, yummy, yummy food. food. And the take-home bags of candies for the celebrants. Today was the 22nd. Cindy figured that in some places in San Francisco, La Posadas was in full swing, but it would, soon, it would be ending soon. She had to work fast if she was going to centre her story on that. Research alone did not a story make. Five days a week, Cindy published a crime blog that was open to her readership for comments. What's it called? She clicked on her crime blog page and wondered how to ask for assistance from Latino immigrants without it looking like an ICE-inspired sting. ICE-inspired sting. She wrote, If you're from South Central... If you're from South or Central America or Mexico and would like to share your Christmas tradition with our readers, please write to me. Your real name is not required. <laughs> Within the hour, she was looking through dozens of responses That's to her query. That's not how this works. And one of them was tantalising. And it had nothing to do with Las Posadas at all. Full stop, end of chapter. Full stop, at all. Full stop, wow. end of chapter. That chapter was largely <laughs> a brief history of Las Posadas. La Posadas. <laughs> So, yeah, um, a brief history of La Posadas. I mean, what else do we do? James, James Patterson's Mexican... Gets Mexicans. Get I get Mexicans. <laughs> Your real name is not required. <laughs> Your not, name is not required. Okay. Um, right, one more. Shall we just squeeze one more we in? We can squeeze one more in. Yeah. I think we need to keep them as pithy as possible, these quotes, because we have to remember how it's going to read in one lot. I think that's part of the magic. Yeah. Between one and a hundred, we've got oh, Ash. It's happening. Eighty-one. Eighty-one. What was it? Eighty-two. We, we just did before. eighty-two. Oh, brilliant! I mean, eighty-three would have been better, but yeah, brilliant. Well, no, we can find out why the fuck they're in that car in the first place. You say that, Adam. I mean, it's, it might just be something completely. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great La Posadas. <laughs> no. Chapter La 81. Are a Mexican cultural tradition. Hey, grab the piñata. <laughs> I relayed Brady's orders to Conklin as we edged and fought our way through the panicky crowd, exiting the terminal en masse. But we know what's about to happen to Conklin. It's just going to add a whole level of real drama to this chapter. Let's hope so. Brady says he's rolling out a heavy emergency response team at Blackstar, I told him. Jacoby is in command on scene. The lanes around the airport were packed with patrol cars, taxis, buses and passenger cars. Travellers on the sidewalk yelled at baggage handlers and anyone in uniform, sorry, and anyone in uniform, shouted about flights they absolutely had to be on, about missing connections, about lost luggage, and about having no place to stay. You know, airport stuff. Airport stuff. Lawsuits were threatened and shoving fights brought out. Fights that could become brawls. Ooh. Could, but don't. Oh, fuck (laughs) it. That could have been exciting. Cops were charged with keeping airline customers happy. I thought cops were charged with starting (laughs) brawls. 
They had only one order and it was freaking urgent. That's Start a fight. Freaking urgent, freaking urgent. To get everyone out of the airport. The sounds of the stalled traffic, the horns honking and sirens blaring <laughs> was the very definition <laughs> of hell on wheels. Our, unmar- our unmarked squad car, here we fucking here go, we go, was hemmed in at the curb and we went code three in place, blasting the sirens is that, and the is lights. That, is that like doing donuts in a car park? <laughs> we went code three. It sounds like um, like diarrhea. <laughs> you've got your number one, you've got your number two, and you've got your code but three. But this is code three. We went code three in place, <laughs> blasting the sirens and the lights, leaning on the horn <laughs> until we were free to move. Yeah, I think that sounds like diarrhea. <laughs> Donklin drove, Conklin drove, Conklin, Donklin, Conklin Donuts drove, and we had just cleared the airport lanes when Jacoby's voice came over the radio. I've been shot! I just heard from Brady, he said over our dedicated channel. Um, I wonder if they've got their own little podcast or something. (laughs) You both okay? Yes, what's your location, I asked. I'm in a surveillance van in Truby Street parking lot. It's right outside the Black Star VR campus. We're on our way to you. I shouted over the mic to my dear old friend and former partner. They're upping the stakes, aren't they? Oh, they're upping the stakes. My handsome, uh, recently one day bereaved, from retirement. One day from retirement. <laughs> the doctor said if they got shot in the leg one more time. Conklin took us out on the two eighty. Oh, sorry. Um, be careful, I said. Conklin took us out to the two eighty freeway north, and from there past Colmer, where the dead outnumbered the living. Whenever they drive in this book, I always—that's a weird one. That's but a weird one. <laughs> whenever, whenever they drive in this book, I always imagine you know the um, police squad. Uh, yeah. Like the TV. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da, da. That's how I imagine <laughs> them driving around the city. Well, they're going through a zombie town, apparently. Dead outnumber the living. Colma contains the cemetery where a lot of people I know are buried. My That's, mother is there. No one can bloody afford rent in this city. They've all got to live in their graves. They've all got to live in the cemetery underground. <laughs> when we, bro- we drove past Woodlawn Memorial Park, I placed my palm against the window. I miss you, Long- Mom. Oh. In italics. Oh, who does that? And then we were speeding through the Sunset District and Golden Gate Park. Doing wheelies it's and It's just not very professional to do that, is it? No. I saw other unmarked cars leaving the For park <laughs> from their stake out of the museum. Some heading out to the airport and some, I hope, to Black Star's campus. Jacoby had sent a map of the Black Star compound, compound and as we drove, I told Conklin what we needed to know. He took Veterans Boulevard up into the Presidio and then made a series of turns that brought us up past the main post. 45 minutes after we left SFO, I could see the Black Star VR campus on our left. God, that was necessary. It looked idyllic, a compound made up of half a dozen brick buildings built in the style of an old army barracks and officers' quarters, located on 20 green acres fronted by a small lake with a waterfall. Any trees? Uh, I think there were some. I read out the function of each building. Buildings one and two are labs, oh, I told gonna, my partner. we're going to get all of them, aren't we? <laughs> That's got to be a new product development. Could be, a, could be a Loman target, I'm guessing. I consulted the map and went on. Buildings yep. three and four <laughs> are executive offices. Building five is the Black Star Museum. Building and six s- is where they do code threes. <laughs> it's all, it's, it's down. We had a massive code three earlier. What is six is six? a tourist destination devoted to digital displays like light shows. Nice. Nice. It also has a bank, a Starbucks, restrooms, and a tourist info- information center. Did it say Starbucks? It does say Starbucks. That's yeah. a product placement. He's probably got a deal, hasn't he? Oh, of course he does. Conklin pulled the car into the main lot where he could see the attractive red buildings arranged like two loosely cupped hands. Shall we have a couple of frappuccinos? Uh, um, let's go to the tourist information center. They could list all of that information out again. <laughs> and the roads and footpaths leading to them. It looked calm, but I knew what Brady meant when he said he'd be rolling out a heavy emergency response team. 
Yeah, I mean, there isn't really a second meaning to that, is there? No, like, there's exactly this. There's I know what you mean, Brady. An event is going to require a special response. To yeah, you. I'm shot in the thigh. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Cars in the lot and streets near the campus would be occupied by cops. SWAT would be manning ordinary looking vans. Of course, they're ordinary, ordinary looking. Are they unmarked as well? A couple of ambulances would be in the vicinity. Those I ones assume. are marked. Yeah, ambulances no, they're, crazy. Are marked. they're really funky. That's why they're not described. They've got horns and everything. <laughs> and Brady would have undercover operatives inside and outside the buildings. Whatever he could pull together on Christmas. I got Jacoby on Blue Channel. He'd seen our car pull in and he was on his way over from his post. Minutes later, I saw his hulking form limping towards the parking lot. Because he's been shot in the thigh. No, not yet, I don't think. I buzzed down my window and Jacoby stooped so he could see in. Brace yourself, he said. I'm braced, I said. That mutt you grilled at the airport, Wallace. We picked up his brother, Sam, who gave up a name. Brady sent this. Jacoby fiddled with his phone. His tech skills were not the greatest. He swore a little, then said, OK, here it is. He put his phone up to the window so we could see the photo on the screen. Well, that's why it's low quality. It's through a fucking window. (laughs) It was a candid shot of a balding middle-aged man carrying a large briefcase heading into a jewellery store on Post Street. Meet William Lomachenko, he said, said Jacoby, a.k.a. Willie Loman. He has no record, but we now know everything about his public life. Have we talked about the um, death of a salesman? parallel he must be drawing here with, with willie loman yeah i think we'd mentioned it last time or maybe maybe it was off podcast i don't know okay um but yeah how are we summing this one up well uh so we've got we, we've got we've got brawls in an airport so many fucking ordinary cars we've got code threes i quite like candid shot of a bull as if i mean obviously it's a candid shot because it's cctv but as if it was like <laughs> Ooh, a shoot yeah like it's <laughs> oh you haven't caught my double chin, have you? <laughs> oh, my incredibly reflective forehead. Holding down his unremarkable clothes like Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we've got a zombie town. Yeah. I miss you, Mum. <laughs> um, Police squad go to zombie town. Police squad. I mean, we're deliberately throwing ourselves off because we're not going to remember what that is <laughs> in a few months. Um, Starbucks, Starbucks Code 3. Code three at Starbucks. Code three at Starbucks. Done. All right. Well, that's another um, another section of the book done. That one was great because we actually got some continuity for once. We did. We did. And we also, there were like Willies and Lomans flying around in the last one, but I finally realized they're the same person. They're the same so person. That, that's helpful. Yeah. There's too many character names still. Why did we get the name of the fucking newspaper editor at one point? That's yeah, going to well, be annoying. Come and why? Okay. So all we, she's been hit with a tip about something which i'm assuming is going to lead into all of this yeah but i'm still not entirely sure in fact here's a promise next episode we will start with a description of who the women's murder club are that would be really useful to find out if any of these are actually recurring characters. because i reckon we've met a couple of them and then they've dropped again so you, th- you, th- you think the journalist might be part of the i reckon so okay. possibly it's a possibility cool yuki remember her she's definitely Barely. one of them i think Con- um, conklin I'm not sure about Conklin. I think Conklin's a dude, so I don't think so. I didn't think Conklin was a dude. Oh, I thought he was. I think it's because we were talking about a guy with a tiny little nose <laughs> for his office. See, it all... <laughs> Charles Clapper definitely is Charles isn't. Clapper. That's why we, uh, for some reason, we keep saving the men's names because they're the sillier ones. So maybe we should um, work we'll, in some of the women's we'll do, names into our chapters. You know, in, at the beginning of really old like black and white films, yeah. you get a full cast list. Yeah, the start of the yeah. Film. We'll yeah. do one of those. And starring, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Till next time. Till next time. That has been James Patterson Bingo. Stay safe, crime solvers.